Dear Rabbi Paltiel, you mentioned in your Tanya class that true definition of a tzaddik is someone who has reached such a high level of ridding himself of evil that sin is out of the question and that a tzaddik doesn't sin at all since he's perfect on the inside. But doesn't it say there's no such thing as a perfect tzaddik never sinning. He sins on his level. Even Moshe Rabbeinu sinned on his level. How can we reconcile this? Does a tzaddik sin or not sin? Can he ever sin? And if the answer is yes, then if he sins on the outside, doesn't that mean he's not perfect on the inside? Thank you. This is the question. The most important thing that I need to say as an answer to this question is that this question is entirely academic. This is not a question that touches me or you. I don't know you, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that you're a Benyani and not a Tzaddik. For whom this is not a real question. This is entirely a scholarly, a philosophical, a theoretical question. And therefore, answering it is not that important. This is the first thing. And answering it is also more difficult because when you're dealing with things that are not real, philosophy is a tricky game. You can take the humanity out of it and then you can just argue and argue and question and question. I have found that certain conversations are impossible to have with people. One of the conversations that I almost never engage with is the question about free will and Ashgacha Pratis. And it's for the same reason. It's a, it's a theoretical question. It's not practical at all. Because in people's practical lives, they feel like they're exercising free will and they're in their own minds exercising free will. And no human being actually experiences the fact that everything he's doing is being done through him by God and that he's a puppet. So it's a theoretical question. And when people ask theoretical questions, it's, it's a bottomless pit. And this question is in the same category. This whole issue that the Tanya speaks about Sadiqim not being able to do Aveda um, is very difficult to address, A, because it's hypothetical, and B, because it's hypothetical, it's a, it goes around and around in a circle and forgets the reality of the people. First of all, the Gemara speaks about people who never did any Avedas. The Gemara lists four people that who died because of because they themselves were perfect. So before you ask on the Tanya, why don't you ask on the Gemara? The Pasuk says, and the Gemara lists four individuals by name that never did any Avedas. Um, so what to do with the Pasuk when juxtaposed against the Gemara? Now you could say that there's a relativity to it. That when the Gemara says that there Arba Mesu Nachash, it means that relatively speaking they had no sin. Absolutely speaking, they could have been more perfect and there were some inexactitude in their person, but that the nature of this inexactitude would not have justified their dying. So when the Gemara says Arba Mesu the Gemara isn't saying they didn't do any sin, they didn't do any that should justify death and therefore we attribute the Chet to that. You could say that. Um, I don't think that that's the Pshat and the Gemara, but you could say that. And you could apply the same kind of question and answer to the Tanya. So I'm not going to answer the question. I'm just going to discuss the Tanya a little bit. The Tanya is talking about real people having real relationships with God. 
The Tanya is talking about real people having real relationships with God predicated on a simple and logical requirement, which is motivation. Everything we do in life, particularly those things that are difficult, require energy and effort and a push. Different people have different degrees of motivation. And each person who finds himself in a position where there's something that they need to do, which means the wrong choice would be not to do it, or people find themselves in situations where it's something that they mustn't do, which means that the wrong choice would be to yes, do it, have in effect two aspects to that motivation. One aspect of that motivation is the energy that they need to do what they, they must or not do what they mustn't. And then the energy to push out, to push away the negative prospect, the negative possibility, the negative alternative. It's aseitev and sormera, or sormera and aseitev. I need to do a mitzvah and I need to not not do that mitzvah. I need to not do an aveda. I need to not yes do that aveda. Those are two different aspects of motivation. Here's the question. Are they two aspects of motivation or are they one aspect of motivation? In other words, my, the motivation that I need to do the good thing and the motivation that I need to stop myself from not doing the good thing, are they two separate aspects of motivation or are they a singular aspect of motivation? And the answer to that question depends on the quality of the motivation. If a person's motivation for doing good is very powerful, the motivation for not doing that is so quieted and so weak, it's like as if it doesn't need to be fought. And the more empowered the person is in doing what they must do, the less possibility there is for the alternative to have any space in their thinking and feeling. And that's the model of the Tanya. The Benini is motivated to do good, is motivated to not sin, but the nature of the Benini's motivation is that because it's limited to behavior, what we call in Tanya, the need to fight against the other option is a separate power that they need to constantly draw besides for the positive power. In other words, they're simultaneously doing the right thing and not stopping themselves from not doing it. And, and the same is true also in Sormena because the level of their motivation is very limited. If a person's motivation is richer and deeper, it's emotional, it's spiritual, the stronger and deeper the motivation, the less the opposite becomes a separate issue of motivation. And in the tzaddik, but very specifically in the tzaddik gomor, the positive motivation is so complete that there's simply no space for the negative. That's the position of the Tanya. And this is why the Alter Rebbe argues that a tzaddik can't do an Aveda, because he's not motivated to do an Aveda. It's not that the tzaddik doesn't do any Aveda, it's because he overcomes his temptation to sin. It's that his Avas Hashem, his singular involvement with God, is so powerful that the alternative simply doesn't have a voice within that person. That's the model. Now you're asking me a question about a pasuk. Like I said before, I'm not going to respond to this for a number of reasons. And one of them is, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about this pasuk. Hasidus often brings that the word chait doesn't necessarily have to mean sin. Like it's brought in the story of, of um, Shlem HaMelech 
and Bathsheba and Nathan Hanavi, where Adeniyahu announces himself king and Bathsheba is pushing back and Nathan Hanavi is supporting her. And one of the expressions that she uses in that sequence is Ani v'shloime b'ni chatoyim. If, if Adeniyahu is allowed to rule, I and my son Shloime will be chatoyim. Now, you cannot translate the word chatoyim in that case as sin because we're not talking about anything that they're doing. We're talking about something that's being done to them. And the interpretation of the word chatoyim in that case is chesadin. Ani u'shloime b'ni chatoyim. We're going to be missing out. And to be sure, if Adeniyahu had ruled, he probably would have killed them. Which is a considerable chesadin. So chet kemi miloshan chesadin, deficiency, flaw. And on the highest of levels, chet could mean inexactitude. Inexactitude means that no matter how good something is, it could always be better. So the, the truth is that when the pasuk says ein tzadik ba'aris ajaz teva leyechta, you're giving an example for Moshe Rabbeinu. There's reasons why Moshe Rabbeinu is in a different scenario. Primarily because Moshe Rabbeinu's Avedis were not personal. They were not sins that he committed in his personal relationship with God. They were sins that he committed because of his leadership role, which makes them very different. And I'm not, I'm not going any more into this. But could you say that even a Tzadik Gomer, as prescribed in the Tanya, um, is vulnerable to the Ein Tzadik Boris Ashias Tevel Yachta? Yeah. But you cannot translate the word Chet, a sin. You can only translate the word hate as it could be better. And arguably every person can do better. But that's a very, very different concept than the sin of which the Alter Rebbe speaks in Tanya. Sin in Tanya means something that God said not to do. Tzaddikim don't have that vulnerability for the reasons I explained earlier. Um, I'm closing this question and answer session with uh, a repetition of how I started. I answered the question, or I, I addressed it. Maybe I didn't answer it, maybe I didn't answer it uh, satisfactorily. I think it's very, very important for people to appreciate the difference between a theoretical question and a real question. When we learn the Tanya, let's find our place in the Tanya instead of worrying about the place of people to whom we cannot relate at all. And I wish all of us much success in Avedis Hashem and in not sinning, in not doing one Aveda, not doing any Avedis, doing an Aveda less. And we should be like the Rebbe says, that even after Mashiach comes, the Ebesh will pay the Kol Yisoma Kol But remember that Oven means that Aveda done on purpose. And in this Pasuk, Ein Tzadik Boretz Ajish Shoyeg and Chaitis Lashen Chesodon, like I mentioned before.